Hi everybody, my name is Injun Moon and welcome to iHome Church. This week I would like to speak on the topic of reality of faith. I know that many of you uh, have been extremely busy preparing for the holiday season just around the corner. Um, so many people in queues and in lines getting ready to prepare for all the lovely gifts that will go under the tree or wonderful dinner parties that they are preparing for. And you see a lot of people running around almost in a frenzy, <laughs> kind of in their own, own world. And uh, sometimes you cannot help but feel sorry for a lot of these people because they are so burdened by their guest list and the list of prep presents that you know they have to prepare for and you wonder are they really going to have a chance to enjoy the holidays um, after doing all the work uh, that they have done and we certainly pray that um, everybody can but we know that holiday seasons tends to be a very very stressful time and so one of the things that I have noticed um, working for iHome Church is that we have the section called uh, where people can write in and their prayer request. And usually as we get closer to the holiday seasons, people are kind of getting uh, ready, anticipating uh, the difficult family get togethers or, you know, all the different dramas that they've kind of tended to avoid throughout the year. But the holidays have a um, have a way of bringing people together and this is where a lot of unresolved um, situations or conflicts or issues uh, get to take center stage and thus Hollywood takes certainly um, great uh, pains in giving us a lot of comedy shows based on holiday seasons and family gets together and, um, and I think those of us who have extended families or have been through uh, some um, holiday seasons with uh, quite a bit of drama, we know why um, the comedy shows uh, that Hollywood provides are extremely funny because they are so close to the reality of what we are experiencing. And, uh, and so in preparation for these family get-together, get um, we receive lots of prayer requests um, and probably on the top of our list is um, prayer for strength and prayer for strength in faith. And then, of course, you have a whole litany of prayer requests, you know, let me hit the jackpot, you know, help, maybe, uh, get, help me uh, to receive a brand new house or make my relationship better and, uh, and all these things. But probably the single most important prayer request that we get is something to do with the state of our faith and whether uh, I Home Church can really help um, uh, the brothers and sisters around the world to have um, an increase in their faith. And uh, so all these prayer requests uh, that are coming our way to I Home Church made me uh, refer back to this passage in, um, in the book of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, it's chapter 17, verse 5-6. And uh, chapter 17 is dealing with uh, the issue of discipleship, 
what it is to be a disciple and Jesus is addressing some of the things that the disciples really should think about or reflect on or work on. And um, in Luke 17, 5, um, the disciples ask Jesus Christ, you know, how can we increase our faith? It says, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord answered, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say this to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. This passage is extremely important to me and I think it's, it's really Jesus's attempt to convey to the disciple how we should be thinking about uh, what this word faith means to us as believers. Because many times as believers, we tend to kind of treat the word faith as almost like uh, looking or seeking in the darkness of the sky an incredible star that we can follow. And as long as we have our sights um, on the star, all we have to do is be guided by it and follow it and obey it. And we will be men and women of faith. But the problem is, um, when we see faith as something that exists elsewhere, that we are guided by, then any time that star somehow implodes and disappears, or um, explodes and disappears, or somehow we feel that the star isn't the star that we thought it was, then our faith evaporates with it. And so the problem that Jesus here was addressing to the disciples uh, when they were asking Jesus, please increase our faith. In a way, it's the disciples asking Jesus again, solve our problem. We know that our faith is not big enough. And so please solve it for us. And how does Jesus answer? He answers by, in a way, putting the question back to the disciples saying, if your faith was even as small as a grain or the size of a mustard seed. So Jesus kind of used this uh, almost like a language of supposition. If you had this, then you would be able to do that. But that also implies that when Jesus looked upon his disciples, that the disciples didn't really have in Jesus's eyes or in his heart uh, the kind of the faith that would be unshakable or unbreakable, or as my father calls, absolute faith. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus uses a metaphor, an example, and he says, if your faith was even the size or the grain of a mustard seed, that means even if it were as tiny as that grain of a mustard seed, there are many things you could do. You could do the impossible of telling uh, the seed that grows into a mulberry tree, uproot yourself and plant yourself in the sea and the tree would obey. And uh, what Jesus is trying to kind of provoke the disciples to think about is, what does faith really mean? Am I talking about your lack of the quantity of faith that you think is the problem in your life as a believer? Or am I alluding to something else? And from my vantage point, I think Jesus is not talking 
about the quantity of faith that his disciples have or do not have. But what he is addressing is the problem of the reality of faith. And so he uses the metaphor as a seed to kind of help the disciples understand faith is not something that you look outward to be guided by, be it whether it's a person or a star or something that you feel that you can follow. But what God is really compelling and propelling his disciples to think about is to think about faith as that seed of a mustard um, as that grain of a mustard seed. And um, the thing that's uh, really, really kind of interesting um, that I find nowadays is that many times when you, when you meet with different believers and they talk about their life of faith, um, many times uh, I've, I've heard the imagery or they use phrases like, I carry my faith with me wherever I go, almost as if faith is like a backpack. And many believers do almost treat faith like a backpack. You put it on your back and whenever you go out against the world, it almost becomes your armor. And when you come back home, then you put it away and prepare for the next day. And then when you go out again, you put on your backpack or when you want to hike around the mountains, um, you carry your necessities with you, um, you know, water or crackers or whatever, or, or power bars or whatever. But faith is almost becomes like an accoutrement, something that you have to carry around. And uh, that's something that we kind of need to look at and think about. Because when Jesus Christ uses the metaphor of a seed, one of the things that we hear all the time is that, you know, my faith is not big enough to see God, to hear God, or my faith is not strong enough um, to understand what's going on. So many times when it comes to the issue of faith, um, if you don't see it, if you don't feel it, then we're going to toss it out the window, not realizing that it has to be treated like a seed. And one of the things uh, when we think about, for instance, planting a garden, or planting a seed into the fertile soil or the garden that we have prepared, we are literally taking that seed and putting it into the warmth or womb of the darkness. This, the seed, the only thing it knows, it's, it's going underground. It's dark. It cannot feel anything. It doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, many times it feels like uh, that uh, the seed is lost. But what Jesus is saying is it's like a mustard seed in that the faith needs to be planted by every human being through our 5% responsibility. Because as we're taught uh, in the unificationist um, understanding of life, God does 95% for, for us to really achieve in becoming this incredible, compassionate, true love sons and daughters of God. But that final portion that my father, the Reverend Sam Myung Moon, have called the 5% resides in the responsibility of the individual. And that's where our free will comes into play. 
So even though God has prepared the world and different things for us to experience life in a way that we can be, um, we can grow and mature into incredible sons and daughters of God, we are responsible for that five percent responsibility to decide for ourselves what we are going to do each day, how we are going to invest our lives, and who or what kind of a person we want to be in the course of our journey that we call our life. So when we think of faith really being that seed that needs to be planted, it's really all the questions like, well, I don't see God, I don't feel God, and therefore God doesn't exist. I am sure every seed being planted in the ground must feel that way because it's dark. You don't know where you are. You feel lost. There is a certain amount of trust that is needed uh, when you are the seed, that the planter will do you right and have planted you in a fertile soil in a wonderful garden that is going to nurture you and really take care of you so that you can be, be in, the, in the time of harvest when you become this incredible mulberry tree. But we don't know. But we still have to trust and have confidence when that seed is being planted in the dark, deep, deep, deep darkness of our souls, that uh, a place that many of us are uh, not too keen on traveling. That's where we have to plant our faith. And the thing about the seed is, even when it sprouts or when it breaks ground, and it can finally feel the warmth of the sun for the first time, or realize that the wetness that it has uh, been feeling is actually water that is helping to nurture and helping it to grow before it understands all of these things. Um, we, have to, we have to understand that if the seedling is not in a place that is conducive, um, for it to become a, a mulberry tree, um, then certain things can knock it down during the process. And so faith is kind of like that in that even if it breaks ground, even if we come to a point of, aha, uh -huh, okay, I feel God, I can feel the warmth of his love. Even when we have our aha moments in life, we will continually have different and more profound and incredible aha moments in life as we go forward. But we realize that every seed experiences something unilaterally. And it doesn't matter what kind of a seed you are. You are going to go through full seasons. You are going to go through spring, summer, winter, and fall. And if you happen to be, the, be a seed where um, you were thrown into a part of a world that doesn't have the full four seasons, you are not going to be able to take root and become this incredible mulberry tree. But most of the world's uh, fertile ground do have these seasons. And so you have a chance to experience different things and um, hopefully become the mulberry tree that we all are. And one thing that I think um, uh, that we kind of um, tend to focus on uh, in our life of faith, especially when we prescribe to a certain theological understanding of the world or when we uh, believe uh, in the certain tenets of uh, a religious community, um, and I being a unificationist, well, the church over the years has done a really great job of telling us what to do 
as believers. They're very good at saying, do this and do that. These, the, these are a list of all the things that you need to do in order for you become, in order for you to become a really good member. But I don't think that we as a church community emphasize enough, um, not just what we should be doing, but who we are, who we are in the essence of our being. We are God's sons and daughters, despite the fall um, that the Bible talks about, um, and despite the providential restoration that has been going on uh, for a very, very long time, we, at the heart of who we are, are God's sons and daughters, and that is where we have to start off. And we have to understand that instead of, you know, our faith being something that is guiding us through life, our faith is a means that we have means of establishing a relationship with God or a relationship with our true parents or means of us really um, establishing a relationship with our parents. So instead of um, the faith being something out there, something that we just need to follow and obey, it's something like a seed that we need to plant deep within the dark recesses of our soul and our heart and nurture it on a daily basis. And so for me, faith takes on um, three different uh, very important steps uh, in my life. And the way I like to think about it, I always tell myself um, the reality of faith. You're, <laughs> you, you're basically either going to use it, you're going to use faith, um, utilize it every day to become that compassionate, loving son and a daughter of God, or you're going to lose it. And one thing that we don't understand is that faith is an ongoing process. Faith is something that develops as we use it, as it is used. Faith does not develop in a petri dish um, just because you say that um, my faith is like the grain of a mustard seed and I'm going to put it in a perfect laboratory setting and I'm going to put it in a petri dish with all the nutrients that it requires and it's going to take uh, full root and turn into a huge, uh, incredible mulberry tree that you and I are. It does not work that way. Faith develops as we use it on a daily basis. So just as the seed needs to be nurtured with warmth of the sunlight and with water and with uh, tender, tender loving care, um, this work of developing as we're using it is, a, is another way of basically saying it's a life of prayer. Prayer is when you work on the inner action of what is going on, the development process, the actual using of our faith in a daily basis that helps us really substantiate or establish this mutual relationship with God. And the second factor uh, of the word faith that many people, um, I think, sometimes don't realize is uh, this understanding that faith not only just develops as it is used, but secondly, faith matures through interaction. In a way, that's why our father, the Reverend Samyang Moon, always said that in order to be fully uh, a mature um, 
men and women of God really expressing and applying and substantiating true love in our lives, we have had to work on our faith or our understanding of who we are. And in our understanding of who we are as sons and daughters of God, engage in an active work to really experience and deepen our wisdom uh, about our life and about, about our relationship with God and really grow in depth in terms of the profundity of the actual maturation process that is required of any faith. Um, be it, you know, um, I standing uh, here in New Jersey as opposed to somebody in Nairobi um, or somebody in Australia. It doesn't matter. We as sons and daughters all need to go through this process of maturation of our faith and that really comes through interaction. We need to interact with each other. And so when we do that, then the third factor of faith um, that we need to be kind of cognizant of is that our faith is strengthened through testing, through challenges. Many times we don't like difficulties in our life. We don't like challenges in our lives. But how do you know the reality of your faith if your faith has never been tested? In other words, for us to have unshakable faith. It's kind of implied that you are going to be put into a shakable situation. And I think a lot of people who've kind of seen faith as kind of your backpack or a star up in the, up in the sky, well, if your backpack doesn't fulfill your needs anymore, out it goes. Or if your star doesn't live up to our understanding of what we wanted the star to be, well, there it goes. And so we become incredibly shakable in that our faith is defined by what the other does or does not do. But when True Father talks about absolute faith, being men of absolute faith, what he is talking about is faith that is absolutely unshakable because it is rooted in the deepest, into the darkest, innermost place of our being. And in a place where we cannot see, where we cannot feel, we have to, in a way, learn how to trust our parents, our heavenly parents. And through that first step of deciding to trust, deciding to believe, we slowly decide to make that ultimate decision of planting that little seed and work on that seed, take care of it on a daily basis over the course of our lives to become that men and women of unshakable faith. Anything that happens outside of our life is not going to shake us because we have worked on developing our faith as we have used in our daily life, because we have worked on maturing our faith through the interaction with, our, with God, with parents, with our family, with our brothers and sisters all around the world, and because we have strengthened our faith through tests and challenges, and thereby have grown into a man and a woman with unshakable faith. And so I find it quite uh, profound when Father shared um, this message with us um, many, many years ago in March 29, 1959. Father said, what does heaven long for? 
what does God ultimately desire or want? He said, not for believers, but for those who practice and substantiate their faith in their life. Father is making it very, very clear, like the way Jesus tried to do using the metaphor of the grain of the mustard seed, that what God and what heaven is longing for are not just simply people who believe or people who follow or people who are guided by some extra uh, ordinary forces outside of ourselves. But what Father is saying that heaven is longing for are people who practice and substantiate their faith in their life. Basically what he means is we need to transition from being mere believers. And I think being believers is, uh, is an incredible step towards being men and women of true love, where men and women, knowing who they are, not only believe uh, in their faith or have trust and confidence in God, but faith becomes flesh. They become the embodiment of it. In essence, they become the owners of their faith. And that is what our true father, the Reverend Moon, is teaching through this message. He is saying God is not looking for believers. God is not looking for men and women who just simply follow and do what the church asks you to do. But what heaven and father and mother, true parents, want all of us to do is to really reach deep inside to our innermost, deepest, darkest place. And there, plant that mustard seed. And through daily practice and through loving actions each and every day, become the mulberry tree that Jesus Christ talked about. Because if you can become such a mulberry tree, it doesn't matter what God asks you to do. It doesn't matter if God says, okay, uproot everything that you are and go elsewhere. Put yourself in the bottom of the ocean. Plant yourself there. It, these are impossible scenarios. The mulberry tree will not be able to survive in the ocean, but it will obey because basically your faith, it doesn't matter how impossible a situation you find your faith in because you own your faith and it is you, you will be unshakable regardless of the challenges, the tests, or there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And so I find it quite interesting, you know, when you look at uh, the Gospel of Luke and, uh, and you kind of read and reread over the years, the chapter 17, verse 5 and 6. In a way, the, the lines that precede it um, uh, is, is, is Jesus' uh, teaching to the disciples. Look, even if somebody sins in the course of one day seven times, as long as they want to make a brand new start, you have to forgive them. In a way, Jesus was teaching to the disciples the importance of forgiveness. One of the qualities of discipleship that the disciples need to have in order to bring the good news forward to the world, because Jesus was preparing his, the disciples to do just that, was this ability to forgive. And, uh, you know, Jesus uh, takes takes and uses the number seven, but the number seven is really uh, kind of a represent representation 
of limitless, even if people, sons and daughters of God, engage in limitless um, sins, as much as seven sins a day. And I'm sure, you know, if we kind of had a, um, almost like a Skype into what the disciples were hearing when Jesus was saying this, I'm sure a lot of them will be thinking, oh, Lordy, Lord, hallelujah. How are we going to handle all of this uh, limitless sins that we see around the world? How is Jesus, you know, expecting us to forgive all these people? But that is ex exactly what Jesus was teaching the disciples to do. Even if somebody sins seven times a day, you still have to have that heart of forgiveness that defines you as a disciple of me, of Jesus Christ. And so here is Jesus talking about the limitless um, kind of forgiveness or the heart that is capable of um, really digesting uh, all of this forgiveness. And, um, and then the next line that Jesus tackles uh, with his disciples is this um, uh, uh, giving them an, a new kind of an understanding or uh, a point that they need to reflect on and meditate on in order for them to become true disciples. And here you see the disjunct between the disciples and Jesus because the disciples can only see, okay, what is the quantity that I have to fulfill? You know, how can I make my faith bigger. The apostle was asking, increase my faith, Lord. But Jesus was answering that question from a totally different um, perspective because what he wanted to do was, guys, guys, you guys are so caught up in thinking how to increase your faith that you are missing the boat. It's not how big your faith is. The problem is the reality of the faith that we're living. Are we in our real time being men and women who practice and who substantiate our faith in our daily living? Because if we were, we should be in the mind of Jesus Christ, be that men and women of God, of incredible compassion, understanding the need to forgive and to help love and to encourage people to unite. Otherwise, how else do we introduce the concept and the importance of true parents and the blessing to seven billion people around the world? If you only want to witness to perfect people, good luck. There aren't gonna be too many to go around. But seven billion sons and daughters of the world need to come and be awakened in the beauty of the blessing and the message that our true parents are bringing to the world. So how should we be? We need to be cognizant of the reality of our faith and understand that our faith is something that is not something we follow out there. But we need to be more than just believers. We need to be owners of our faith. And that's what our true parents are speaking about. Because when we become owners of our faith, no amount of shaking in this world is going to shake us out of our faith. Because it's a part of us. It grows with us. It grows in us. And we are maturing together. And that's the beauty 
of really learning how to work and bring our, not just our physical body, but our spiritual body in unison so that we can really become a whole and a beautiful shining light to the world. So brothers and sisters, yes, there's a whole lot of shaking going on and there always will be. But if we understand that our purpose as that seed, faith is like a seed, and the purpose of the seed is to bear fruit, is to yield fruit, then we realize we have to learn how to embrace the seed, work with our seed, grow with our seed by learning to develop it, develop our faith as we use it in our daily lives, understanding that our faith matures through interaction, it needs the work, it needs the active daily work in order for us to interact with our faith on a daily basis. And faith is strengthened by challenges and tests and difficult obstacles. So if we understand that we are in the work of really building and owning this unshakable faith, well then every day of our life should be a life of gratitude, having this opportunity to do just that. But more than that, more incredible than that, is the fact that we have our true parents here with us, our true father up in heaven and our true mother here. We have our true parents that the whole world has been waiting for for thousands of years. So brothers and sisters, you and I are incredibly blessed. So we need to trust and be confident in the Lord, our heavenly parent. And we need to trust and be confident in our true parents. And just remember to work on our faith and strengthen it, develop it, and help it mature by practicing it and really helping it to become a substantiation or an embodiment in our lives in that we can become this incredible, compassionate man and a woman of God. So God bless and have a great week. If you have any questions and comments, please leave them below the video or go to injunmoon.com and use the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe to our email list. And for those of you who want to contribute to our work here at iHome Church, just click on the donate button. Thank you.